there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one definitive page of Talmud every day. And today's page, Yivamot 114, ladies and gentlemen, it just brings up a question that I think a lot of us are grappling with. Namely, how does all the madness that goes on all around us, all the craziness in the world, in the news that we grapple with each day, how does it impact us as people? How does it affect our marriage, our lives? Have a listen. The Mishnah says, with regard to a woman who went, she and her husband overseas, if there was peace between him and her, i.e. the couple were not fighting at the time, and there was also peace in the world, i.e. there was no war at that time, and the woman came back by herself and said, my husband died, she may marry on the basis of her own testimony. Likewise, if she said, my husband died and they did not have children, but her husband had a brother, she may enter into levered marriage. If there was peace between him and her when they left, but there was war in the world, or if there was a quarrel between him and her and peace in the world, and she came and said, my husband died, she is not deemed credible, as she may be mistaken or lying. Rabbi Yehuda says, she is never deemed credible when she testifies that her husband dies unless she came crying and her clothing was torn, in which case it is apparent that she is speaking the truth. They said to him, that is an incorrect distinction. Rather, both this woman who cries and this woman who does not cry may marry on the basis of their own testimony. The rabbis here coming up with a profound insight that when things are amiss in the world, when things are kind of all crazy, when the news makes you feel like everything has gone to the dogs, you have to stop and reflect on how that actually affects your own life, your own relationship, your own marriage, your own ability to make decisions, to help us parse through this difficult notion, this idea that world events indeed impact us in so many ways, including very intimate and hard to tell ways. It is my pleasure to welcome to the show for the first time, my own rabbi, straight out of Anshay Chesed on the Upper West Side of New York, Rabbi Al Hammerman. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be on the podcast. Our absolute pleasure. So tell us, when you read this bit of Mishnah basically saying, hey, look, when there's a war in the world, when everything feels like it's going crazy, when just reading the news makes you break out in hives, you're in no position to make kind of straightforward, lucid decisions. How does that make you feel? Uh, it. I actually think it's it's quite brilliant. Um, it's quite brilliant that the rabbis of the Mishnah recognize this, that they, in, in the Mishnah, are using the same word, shalom, peace, fullness, completeness, that there should be that either between um, a woman and her husband or in the world. And if, and if you're not in a space where you can feel that you are in peace, then uh, perhaps the emotions are going to um are going to get in the way of some some rational decision making. So I think it's like I think it's I think it's quite quite brilliant that they that they realize that. And and the question that that comes to me the most is is there ever 
a moment now, right, where we don't have where we where we don't have milchama ba'olam, where we don't have war in the world, where there's always, as they say, shalom ba'olam, peace in the world, right? So at the time of this Mishnah, they only knew about a certain fraction of what was happening in the so-called world, um, only knew about a fraction of the so-called world. Whereas now, I don't think we can ever say that we're going to be in a place where where we have where we have shalom, and therefore, how do we how do we function? Right. That's that's the question. So, so this is this is a question that I'm throwing right back at you as as not only a rabbi but a pulpit rabbi, someone who actually sort of ministers to to a community, our community, my community. How do you how do you resolve this issue? I mean, I I assume that people come to you all the time and say, "Hey, man, I I just can't take it anymore. There is so much going on, seemingly on a daily basis. The news has become a source of tremendous tension, and and I don't even know how to allow this into my own home, into my own soul. What do you say to people who come with this with this terrible burden of the here and now? Yeah, um, that's a great that's a great question, and I want to tell just a little. A little story of a of a moment that I had um, a few a few weeks ago, and and feeling that that pressure myself, um, and then I'll I'll let offer some ideas that might help us a tiny bit. So, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to remember which week we're talking about and which tragedy because it has seemed like pretty much uh, pretty no much shortage every right. there's yeah. been no shortage and when the Hazan and I have our planning meetings earlier in the week about the services it's like we can't have it too early in the week because God forbid something um, something worse is going to happen and we and we have to figure out how to how to respond <laughs> but a few weeks ago when there was the the horrible school shooting in in Texas I I would not let my Natasha, my my cantor who I work with, I I would not let her even talk to me about it. Like I could not accept that the piece of news had happened because I knew that I had the five things I needed to do or whatever it was to get through the day for for work, to get through whatever I had to do for for my family in those in that time. And and I literally had to put up like actual blinders for just a few minutes, just a few hours in order to get to a moment and get to a time when I could accept what the news out of the news out of Texas that day. And and then as is often the case, whatever I had planned to do that Shabbat had to be thrown out um, and and start from scratch. And and that Shabbat, we we did a couple of things that I think was really that I think was really helpful. I don't know if you were if you were there that Shabbat or not, but we first I let people be silent. Like we had an actual moment of silence in in the sanctuary, uh, not a moment of silence during the Amidah when you're supposed to be thinking about the words on the page, but like a moment to be to reset your nervous system and be in yourself and in your own body um, and present in the room. And then I read the names of of all of the 
kids and the teachers who were killed. I read each of their names and stumbled through some of them. And I read their ages. And, you know, I have a nine-year-old I have an, uh, who's almost 10. I have a fourth grader. And I could not get through the first name on the list without crying and through and through the rest of them. And it gave, you know, it gave me a chance to, to process my own, um, my own grief. And it gave other people in the room a chance to to cry and to recognize that that it's not okay that we are not okay and so after after the moment of silence and after the the reading of the names and giving people that that processing time um, I did something else that usually we don't do in the sanctuary which is I told people okay move wherever you are sit next to somebody someone you know or don't know doesn't matter and ask them how they're doing and figure out, you know, what's going on for them right now. And, and I did it myself. I sat with with the congregant um, and people, everyone was talking. I mean, it wasn't like the, the chatter that you hear when the tour is going around, when everyone's, you know, catching up the latest gossip. It was like, it was like really, it was like a quiet, intentional check-in and conversation between, between people. Um, and then we, we came back together and we, and we sang and we prayed and I read, um, and I read a poem and tried to, um, recognize that, that the only way to get through these times when we're not okay is to, is to do it together. So that's one, that's one example of oh, trying to find a little bit of moment of, of shalom, of, of completeness, when clearly the world is not shalom. That is a beautiful, beautiful example. And Rabbi Hammerman, we are deeply grateful to you for being our guest today. Thank you. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.